I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, April 17, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And we have stuff. We've got stuff to discuss. There's a lot of stuff going on around the markets, but we're going to take a look at a lot of stuff and you're going to see a lot of divergences. You're going to see a lot of things that you're not seeing elsewhere. Most of you already know that, but let's dive in because I have a laundry list of stuff tonight and I want to get going. I want you to get as much benefit as possible. Let's do the data dump. And by the way, let's get this done now because I'll forget later. So therefore, let's thank everybody for participating and posting comments underneath the video every night. I love the interaction and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, hit the thumbs up button on the video if you think it's worthy and only if it's worthy. Then go ahead and share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this information. Let's get right down to business. So the first order of business, and you know that the first thing I do is focus on the first item that comes to mind or the first item that I can see visually on the chart. The first thing I see is the makings of a reversal day. So we want to identify the candle. We want to look inside the candle. We want to see if this is going to be a meaningful reversal day or was this just a down day. And here's the key, folks. We don't know yet. Don't get sucked in one way or the other. We don't know yet. It's not conclusive either way. There is no sell signal in the market. There may be a sign or a signal of something or other, but there is no bona fide sell signal that will give me downside targets. It does not exist as we sit here Wednesday. What do we have? Let's focus on what we do have, not what we don't have. The first thing I notice, other than the reversal candle, and when we look closer, I want to see where did we close as it relates to yesterday's low. That's important to me. So I go over and I say yesterday's low is 289.50. Where's the closing price today? 289.45, below by a nickel. That's not an accident nor a coincidence. We all know that. That in and of itself tells me two things. Either it's a trick trap fool and frustrate, a quick fake out, and they go right back up tomorrow, or there will be further downside tomorrow, and that is one of the possibilities. So what is lurking below? There's a gap lurking below. So in order to fill the gap, 288.83, we made an attempt the other day. The low here was 289.08, and the low today was 288.99. So that being said, we came close, but we have still not filled the gap. We left the gap above, now we have a gap below. So by the way, let's reel back the tape and let's discuss what happened this morning, and we'll do that from an intraday perspective. Here's an intraday 10-minute chart. We had a gap in crap. The market gapped higher, looked like it was going to fill the gap, came up short, turned around and crapped out. Now, Inside the Numbers members have been privy to this information for a couple of days. We discussed that issue specifically 
yesterday. It's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew at work. They come up short, fall away, spike through by a lot, trick people out, quick short covering rally ensues. We talked about both sides. We talked about it here. Inside the numbers, members were given specifics with numbers. The market hit an important number today, despite the gap being above us. Taking a quick sabbatical, this is a snapshot from inside the numbers. These are the important numbers for the ES, which is the S&P E-mini futures contract, also the SPY, and then crude oil. You'll see here we have a 29.22 on the board. We had a 29.17 on the board. That was hit basically this morning slash overnight. And then we had a 29.22. That was hit right out of the gate this morning. While we're here, what else do we have inside the numbers? We have stocks on the move. We had two stocks hit their targets today. The IBM trade opened up below the targets. We'll take a look at that chart real quick anyway. And then we also had BK, which also hit its target price. We'll look at that chart as well. When you scroll up, we give midday updates and pre-market morning note updates. What I'm doing here is giving everybody a summary of what's going on in the morning and where are the important numbers. What are the bogeys? What do we have to get above, close above, stay above? What do we have to get below, close below, or stay below in order for the market to be bullish and or bearish in either direction? We don't care which one it is. We just want to be right. So you see some of the pre-market notes. You can Pause the video and read them in detail if you like, but here are the numbers. And you can see that when you go back and review the chart and see how the market traded out and go back and read the morning notes, look at the important numbers, you'll see that it's pretty good. If you're trading in these markets, these numbers, the trades, the morning gap trades, the stocks on the move, the important numbers, the morning commentary, the mid-morning or midday update, all these are are critical and important to have, and I'm here to tell you there's a lot of traders out there using this to their advantage. Speaking of morning gaps, we didn't have any morning gap trades on the board. However, earnings season is really just starting to pick up steam. We had the banks report last Friday. Companies began reporting this week, and as the week goes on into next week, we'll just get hundreds and hundreds of companies reporting. The trades will begin to get fast and furious. We'll have both stocks on the move and morning gap trades. We should have a pretty good supply going forward. So let's get back to the S&P 500. Now we're looking at the hourly chart, and you can see on the hourly chart, there's no doubt about that reversal candle. That's a reversal candle. That's a gap in crap. That tells you that the short-term trend has likely changed. And that could be for a few hours, it could be for a couple of days, and it could be longer. We just don't know yet, but that's how we do this. We break it down into the piece parts, also known as fractals. Those of you who have studied Elliott Wave analysis will be familiar with fractals. Don't talk about Elliott Wave with me. It's a great labeling mechanism after the fact, but nobody makes money trading Elliott Wave strategies. There are no people. Don't try and tell me otherwise. I know it. I've studied it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for trading purposes. It works wonders, and your chart looks beautiful for labeling purposes after the fact. So here you'll see we have the gap. So here 
288.23, that's going to be important, all the way down to the 287 price target. Is 287 a price target on the way down? Not necessarily a target saying we're going to get there in short order, but it's a target in terms of should it be supportive of the market? And the answer is, if we were to get there sooner rather than later, the answer is yes. However, if we were to creep down there, that's a different story. So I don't want to say yes or no until we see what happens in real time. Let's kind of shift gears away from the technical part for a second and just look logically and with some common sense at what's going on. Let's just take a step back, look at the daily chart, see where we are, and just take in some information that we want to have in the back of our mind. These are things that we continue to discuss, but now I want to continue to remind us of all these things. A, it's hard to kill a bull. They're not going to just roll over that easy. They haven't filled the gap. Could they miss the gap and fall away and actually crush the market? It's possible. It's not probable. It's actually not likely. Not in the position where the market is now. If we were going up to fill a gap in a downtrend in the daily chart, that may be a different story altogether. But we are in an uptrend and they will likely fill this gap. Could I be incorrect on that? Absolutely. That was an opinion. I'm not telling you they will fill the gap, and I'm not saying they'll fall away without filling the gap. We don't know. I'm giving you an opinion on that one. I think they fill the gap. The other things we have on the board are a couple of big IPOs up and coming. We have Pinterest. That's Thursday. And we also have Uber following, I would imagine, into next week. I don't know exactly when that's coming out. I just didn't pay attention. I'm sure somebody out there knows the answer. We had a failed IPO in Lyft. We don't want to have another failed IPO in Pinterest. That'll scare Uber away. Here's Lyft. They're trying to give it a lift in front of the Pinterest IPO. But this thing didn't work. They tried to blame the short sellers. They tried to blame Morgan Stanley. A market is a market is a market. There are buyers and sellers. If there are more sellers than buyers, the price goes down. That's it. We're going to jump around a little bit tonight, not because we have to, only because I want to keep you on your toes. So here's IBM. We opened below actually both price targets this morning and right really on top of the lower price target, 137.71. The actual opening print was 137 37 and you can see it shot up like a rocket just minutes later was at a high of 142 basically and then settling in right around the first price target toward the end of the day the other one from stocks on the move was bk bank of new york mellon 4815 was the number you can see what happened when we came into 4815 immediately following within a half an hour we're up at 4863 not the greatest trade in the world, but really a good day trade without any heat whatsoever. The stock only went below by a few pennies and then ripped in the other direction. Doesn't look like much on the chart, but remember, this is in a tape where the market's having a gap in crap and we're still able to find trades, find the price targets, find the areas where these stocks will have a price reaction in the other direction. Back on your toes, back to the spider. Just to wrap things up on the S&P 500, we have stuff going on in both directions. The trend is up. We had a down day. We closed below yesterday's low. 
That could be meaningful. It doesn't have to be. It certainly qualifies as a reversal candle, but we're in an uptrend, so we have to be careful. I titled a video a few days ago, Don't Fall in Love with the Downside. Don't fall in love with the downside. There's nothing wrong with this market just yet. There will be, but remember what we talked about last night. You don't have to be the first person to the party. You just want to be there while everybody's having a good time. Let's talk through this for a moment. Let's say we have another down day tomorrow, or maybe just a down half a day tomorrow. Let's say we have a down day or two, and the market turns around and starts up in the other direction one more time. Is that gap any good anymore? 291.72. If that happened, what I just said, let's say we fill the gap down below. Maybe we even go lower. Maybe they go down to 287. But then, turn around and start heading up in the other direction. Would we be willing to short that gap? No, we wouldn't. Were we willing to short the gap this morning based on the fact that we were farther away and it is an important gap for an intraday, day trade type of scenario? The answer is yes, it may have turned into more. That could have been a top. Maybe it was the top coming up short of the gap. We don't know yet, but we have to be open to both sides. So here's the two-sided coin. On one hand, the market's going to turn and we're going to have a correction that's going to last for more than a couple of days. That's going to happen. However, they're not going to make it easy and they're likely not going to just hand over a big fat short trade without making you sweat some 50 caliber bullets. That's just the way it works. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Well, IWM may be telling the tale. We'll see. But look what's going on here. What happens if I do this? We have what we've discussed many, many times is a potential lower high. We have consolidation, meaning the market is essentially winding up, consolidating underneath this area in between the 200 period moving average and that pivot high that we've discussed. Now we've come away from it We'll see if this is a pullback or if this is going to be a lower high. We have a convergence of moving averages below. The 20 and the 50 period moving average on the daily chart should be some semblance of support, at least from a short-term perspective. We'll see, but I find this very, very interesting. If the IWM finds its legs and turns up again, then it's likely going to break through the pivot high that we've been discussing from the 25th of February, 159.50. So we'll see if it's going to be lower high or we're going to turn around one more time. That's where we are in the IWM. Start closing daily below these moving averages and it's likely the writing is on the wall. Is this a canary in the coal mine? Well, it's my favorite market leading indicator for a reason. So the IWM was down 1% today. The S&P cash index was down six points or about one quarter of 1%. So as a comparison, certainly we had a leader on the downside in terms of the IWM. Intraday 10-minute chart, same gap and crap. Same markets, they're all going to follow each other from the bigger picture perspective. Day-to-day, you're going to see divergences. But when we get going and a trend is developed, like we just saw off the December bottom, then they all, for the most part, trade together, just not at the same magnitude each and every day. By the way, 
Somebody emailed me earlier today. I forget who it was. They said, what about the IWM? What's the bogey for the IWM? And I said, I'm a buyer at 155 and a quarter. The low today was 155.20. Did I buy the IWM down there? Of course not. I didn't even see it at the time. But that's what I was looking at at the time, and I passed along the information. Whoever that was, I hope you bought it down there. How about the VIX? Interestingly enough, and I was beginning to think that this was kind of an anomaly or maybe I should say an erroneous type of candle because the low today is 1103. The more I look at it, the more I think I'm not sure whether there was a trade down there or not. Look at this, 835 a.m. I don't know if there's a trade down here or not. We're talking about futures. This is not my purview. I'm not sure whether that was a trade or not, whether it was real or not. But when you look at the daily chart of the VIX, you can see that it was potentially a bottoming tail. So that'll be interesting to see what, if anything, develops out of that. We always talk about the VIX down below 12. I said the other day I would be very interested in the VIX at 1170, 1150, crazy numbers like that. And look where we went today, 1105, and we finished at 1260. Regardless, the VIX is not likely to stay below 12 for very long. It traditionally doesn't. Here's one of our divergences, and this comes from the transportation department. Just going back a couple of days, we filled a gap, we hovered, we sold off a little bit, and now we gapped above it in the transports. I find that very, very interesting. It's certainly a divergence. You know the transports are one of my favorite, if not the favorite, canary in the coal mine. So I have to pay close attention to this, and I'm finding it somewhat of a head-scratcher. So we have the IWM going one direction. We have the transports going another direction. They cancel each other out for the most part. So we have to continue looking to see what else we can find. Look where we are in the weekly chart in the transports. What happens if we closed above 11,044 spot 67? Would that be bullish for the transports? The answer is it would, but there's another roadblock right above it. So that could be a potential fake out. So if we close well this week, for example, I'm just saying, I'm not expecting, but I'm just saying it's very, very possible. We're not that far away. Just be aware of what's going on out there. That would look very bullish. Not many traders would realize there's another big roadblock a couple of hundred points higher. I'm not minimizing a couple of hundred points. I'm just stating. Here's another quandary. We have the Qs. Silicon Valley, what's going on with the tech sector? So what's interesting is we have the gap in crap, but look at this uptrend. There's nothing wrong with this market. People want to read into today's intraday activity, the gap higher, the crap out. I know everybody wants to read into it. I get it. We're in the time zone where the market is going to make a change at some point. The market is going to make the turn, but they're not going to make it easy. You have to pay attention to everything on the board. And when I see the queues, and I know there's a lot of big money sloshed around in the queues, I know a couple of things. I know it's still in there, and I know that whatever they've taken out, which is called institutional distribution, whatever they've taken out of stocks like Amazon or Netflix or other widely held names, widely held stocks, the fan favorites... Whatever money they've already taken out, there's still a lot left. And when everybody runs for the exits at the same time, 
It's painful. But right now, this is in a very, very tightly wound uptrend. There's nothing technically wrong with this market. We always have to continue to keep that in mind. I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. It is what it is. Here's another quandary slash divergence. We have the financials that were not down today. They still closed above yesterday's high. That's interesting. If the financials are not melting away, why would the rest of the market feel the need to fall through the trap door? It's a good question. It's a fair question. Look where we're approaching. Very, very interesting. There's pivot tops right here. We're right there right now. We're not quite there yet. Let me give you the exact numbers. Actually, maybe we are there. The high is 27.52. Now, we're just short. The high here is 27.47. The high today was 27.46, and we closed at 27.42. There you have it. We're very, very close. Not yet at those pivots. Maybe we hit those pivots and turn around. We don't know, but right now, the XLF is in an uptrend, so there's no reason to be looking for something different than what the market is actually doing. SMH, is this a blow-off top? Well, we had good volume, not tremendous volume. It's definitely high on the chart. It's definitely overbought. Definitely will come back toward home base, but what a strong move for the SMH, which is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It's also a great indicator within the tech sector. So right here, while that may look like a pseudo-doji candle, and it is, that doesn't mean the market's going to collapse either. We have a gap down below. We're way above the moving averages. So there's a lot of space here to continue the uptrend. This is not a market that yet today is telling us anything other than the uptrend is continuing. Could we pull back, sell off for a couple of days? Absolutely. But there's still an uptrend. We just have to take it for what it is. Look at what the market is telling us, not what we want it to be. What is the market telling us? That's what's important. And that, my friends, would be a good place to give it a wrap today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.